Hey, everybody, this is Dean just breaking in at the front of the Anasazi episode to give you a small piece of housekeeping. Um, and that housekeeping is this. We had a little bit of a recording problem this week. We were getting some echo on Josh's track, on his local track. I'm not exactly sure how. Um, and consequently, we had to go ahead and use a backup track that I have of Josh's portion of the audio this week. And that backup track was recorded directly from the conversation we had remotely. What that means is that the sound quality is going to be a little bit less than normal. Um, He's going to once in a while get that little matrix voice sound, if you know what I'm talking about. But um, we recovered the audio as best as we can. And uh, we definitely have a full episode for you with lots of good stuff in it. I just wanted to break in up front to let you know that the audio quality might not be what you are used to. Uh, from the X-Files podcast. And for that, I apologize. So I just wanted to give you that little disclaimer up front and let you know that um, it was almost a non-episode, but luckily we have a backup. So here is your episode. And I ask you to uh, enjoy it very much. And uh, don't bother letting us know that it sounds different because we already know. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 25, Anasazi. It's time to talk about my people. Now, I don't think you realize how much these people are my people. Now, I don't mean that in the colonial I own them sort of way which you might expect coming from a white man. But in spirit, they are my people. And I'll tell you something right now. Carmelita Valdez McCoy, resident expert uh, on all things Mexican, along with uh, William TK421 Alvarez, dubbed me an honorary Mexican. So not only am I an honorary Mexican, according to two people of Mexican heritage, I also claim, um, and this is unsupported, I claim (laughs) uh, affiliation with Native Americans too. So, Having Mexican and Native American, I claim Navajo status for this. Oh, well. Yeah, so I want you to know, just going in, that I don't expect you to fully understand them like I do. Um, So if you have any questions, I want you to just, I want you to, number one, be careful. I don't want you to offend anyone because I speak for the tribe. Oh, I'll have some questions for you when you slam the trap door shut over my head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck, kid? What's going on, old peach was face? What is that kid thinking? Son of a bitch. How do you like it, white boy? This is actually probably mm. perfect. You're, you know, you, you have this deep awareness of what's going on around you. And I'm crazy. sitting here in my apartment, sucking in LSD fumes. Just getting, That's rad. Just getting sweaty and weird. <laughs> That's how I feel. White man this. must learn how to handle his high. <laughs> Must practice on a peace and pipe. Boy. Jesus Christ. That's uh, that's racist right there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a little bit. But, uh, a little bit. But it's fun. You know, it's a good time. I revel. I revel. I revere the, the culture. Thus, I am allowed to make fun of it at my leisure. What do you think of that? So, wow. So, your heritage is um, <laughs> Japanese, Navajo, and Portuguese? Is that, do I have that? Uh, it's, it's actually, truth be told... It's Portuguese, French, German, and Irish, but I have a periphery I like to claim sometimes. Nice. <laughs> well, if, uh, if you've listened to Jonathan Marsden, you know that I actually have a more German heritage than, than I think he than thinks you're. Uh, I'm pretty sure he thinks you trace your relatives back directly to the Nuremberg guys that hung. I'm pretty positive he thinks that about you. Yeah. I just formed out of a primordial poos. <laughs> The piss puddle as they were swinging from the gallows became you. Yikes, that sounds terrible. That's insulting. That's not what I meant, but you know what I'm saying. That's great. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're more than a piss puddle. Uh, what's the movie? Yo, the stuff left over. Twins. He basically calls them a shit, <laughs> uh, fucking shit person. <laughs> so Anazazi, baby. Yeah, we got a whole different kind of puddle, and that's the kind that forms inside of a uh, boxcar deep, deep under the southwest. A puddle of bodies, man. A puddle, puddle of bodies. Puddle of smallpox and vaccinated human alien hybrids. Maybe. Maybe. 
I don't so, know. Um, the only person higher on the hierarchy than me in terms of the expert on the Navajo is Lou Diamond Phillips. Mm. And he's unavailable for comment. So I'll try my best to answer all the questions. So here we are, my friend, wrapping up season two. Yes. This isn't a, a noteworthy um, event. I think it's a very noteworthy event. Getting through 25 episodes of <laughs> no matter <laughs> what, a, a, uh, an amazing, <laughs> a great show. But 25 uh, 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 episodes, man, they did marathons back in the day. Did they not? Dude, our, our belt buckle's just hitting the floor right now. <laughs> so we can just fillet each other on how amazing we are that we got through a season. High five. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Belt buckle's hitting the floor. All I know is that if they hit this, if they hit this boy's, this, this boy's uh, belt buckle, God damn, I'll take your toe off that thing. You see that belt buckle this kid's rocking? <laughs> when he gets off of his iron horse, <laughs> when he's out there on his dirt bike doing his thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm impressed, man. Two, two seasons in the, in the can, as they say. Yeah, and if we can stop relating ourselves, let's just say it's only due to the fact that for some reason or another, people keep showing up to listen. And how fucking cool is that? It's pretty cool. That is very yeah. cool. Hey, we're no Camille Nunjani or whoever the fuck has the number one X Files episode, <laughs> but we're number two with a bullet. <laughs> with a bullet. With a bullet. You know, and God bless America that he's number one in the X Files category. Yeah, but you, you know, know what? He I'm seems passionate and that he really loves it. You know, yeah. I just want everybody that's listening get out there. You know, represent democracy. Make your voice heard. You know, rate and review us on iTunes because it has been too long since two straight white men have been at the top of the charts. So, you know, let justice be heard and give us a good review setting, you know, send us into season three with a bang. Yep. Absolutely. White. Yeah, I guess I'm white, huh? So, um, dude, this episode is wild. There's a lot of shit going on and boy, Mulder's favorite breakfast cereal is unhinged pops. <laughs> that boy is fucking bananas. What's dude, wrong how- with him? How much do they cram into one episode? A ton. Unbelievable. And you know, it kind of still flows though. You know what's funny? A lot of times I'll watch it. One of the big criticisms I have about X-Files episodes that are bad is I typically will say it feels like they took two, three different episodes and smushed them together. And it doesn't work, does it? And in this, somehow they make it work. This is almost like, I mean, could almost be three episodes, but, sure. but it works. And I, I kind of want you to, if you can, to guide me through why I think <laughs> this episode is fucking great, but yeah. it's so jam-packed. There, there's, there is nary a, a scene or a sequence where something new is not injected into this episode. That's what's crazy about it, is it's not just... It's, you know, not, not only, you know, conquering a few different elements of mythology kind of coming together at once, but throughout the episode, they just kind of keep getting piped in. Mm. And yet I don't feel at the end of it that they overwhelmed us. And maybe, maybe it's the nature of like a season finale. You just, you expect more, you want more, you're ready for more. Um, but Exactly what you just said. You know, your criticism of of other episodes where where you have felt like they've crammed a couple too many things in. Um, mm. I don't feel that this one comes off that way. So before I ask you to to proof that for me, do you agree that this one um, pulls it off somehow? Yeah, it does. I, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Number one, I think I think there is uh, a propensity to to think, wow, this is a season finale. So it's probably going to introduce some new elements into it that spins us to the third season. So I think we mentally prepare ourselves for that possibility, which lends itself to allowing a couple of things to sort of go forward. But they don't, what they do is they, is that all of the elements that are separate from each other seemingly are connected in a pretty seamless way and they aren't left untied right they incre- they they tie th- certain things off but then they but then in that in the tying off of those things you lead it leads to new mysteries but not aggravation that old ones were left uncovered does that make sense i think it does i think you could you know do a spoiler filled one paragraph synopsis of this episode a lot easier than could you know much it. lesser episodes in in this season 
Yeah, for sure. A computer hacker discovers evidence against the syndicate that is so damning that its revelation to the public would be nothing short of catastrophically Mulder to race against sinister agents to learn the truth. That's sort of the synopsis. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that, but it's um, it's an art writing, though, so I'll tell you. Writing synopsis is difficult. <laughs> it is, but I think what they do... What they do well here is they take, I mean, this is mythology. We should say that, obviously, right off right, the bat. Right. Um, it's still, you know, on the earlier parts of mythology, but it's it's building into, I guess, the crux of what mid, mid-series X-Files mythology will be. Um, we're we're kind of getting close to incorporating a lot of, like, the, the main elements. Um, but we're taking a few things that have already been established. We're adding a few new things to them. We're adding a couple critical um, personal character things. More on Mulder's side. Um, For sure. Scully here is really, her writing is dependent on her relationship with Mulder. There's not a lot of new shit that's introduced from her end. Um, but we're also just, we're, we're pulling on some strong cards, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, you ever play, uh, you know, War? That stupid card game you play against yeah, yourself sometimes? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of like you know you just keep getting aces and kings and queens and jacks come up. So you get you get Skinner, you get Crycheck, you get Cigarette Smoking Man. Like we're just mm-hmm. we're playing all the heavy hitters, and they're kind of at this point they're known commodities. So they're they're delivering strongly. Um, we got aliens, we got and then William Alder, who's not an unknown, but we haven't seen a lot of. So you get some some fucking, you know, Mulder, yeah. Mulder and dad time. That's pretty intense. Mulder and his dad. Yeah. He was real broken up about it. Yep. Aliens. So obviously you're throwing something new with the, with the whole Navajo thing. Um, but they're layering it in with some established mythology elements. Um, <clears throat> so I guess that's just basically it's, it's like a, it's a well executed cross stitch where you're, you're taking a, you're taking enough known things in enough new things, and even though it's a ton of shit that's getting injected, I guess the, the final pattern just comes out. It comes out strong to me. I, and I think a lot of it has to do with the opening because the opening you can really fucking bone yourself, right? In the opening is we have this moment, you know, this this Navajo group of people, and this guy goes out. This this young boy goes out and he rides his motorcycle and he has this thing underground and. You know the the elder is doesn't like doesn't like the feeling in the air. He doesn't like what he's feeling. He's got that intuition that he's just not. He's like, man, something something's fucked up. Stay away from the snakes today, right? Which is probably some sort of proverb. Um, I will I'll, I'll give Lou a call after to confirm. But um, it's uh, and and then it goes from what? Whoa, this is weird. What's this? Directly into a hack. Directly into many dark multiple national nationality people picking up their phone. Oh no, the Aryans have been discovered, right? That shit. Yeah. Everyone picks up and everyone's talking. So that that's within five minutes you go, okay, I get it. And I think why it works is partial. A lot of this is editing. I think there's a good editing job done in this episode because in the first five minutes you get this blueprint, like here is sort of the through lines we're going to go with. In five minutes, we're going to deal with these folks. We're going to deal with this crazy hack. We're going to deal with this group of shadowy bad people. And then it's going to come down to what's going on with Mulder. And then the sort of this weird, seemingly out of place moment where this woman blows her husband away and and is acting hysterical, which on a first watch, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's the only thing that makes no sense, but it makes perfect sense because she was affected by the water as well. So I think they blueprint you. And they say, here's what's going to happen. The guy, when the first 10 minutes of the episode, the guy is saying, here's the stuff. Here's the hack. Here's the info. This is crazy shit. This is, this is big, man, right? So you, I think because of the way it's edited and because of the way it's presented in those first 10 minutes, you're, you're forced to say, cool, I see how all this is going to connect. You can see it. You're looking at a house being framed and you're like, all right, cool. I get it now. I see. I see it. The studs are up. I see how this is going to look. This is going to be cool. I can't wait to see it fill in. And because the framework is there, you can track it. Does that make sense? That's very well said because it is almost, it almost, they show how big it is immediately within, within the first five minutes. And then we don't, they almost don't, it almost gets smaller. 
as you Correct. go. Correct. That's the move. That's the move. And that's, yeah. that's where the framework allows you to have a map. I handed you a map for the episode. I didn't tell you everything that's on the map. I just said, here's a general approach to, to the, I, you know, if I, if I tell you, if I drop you in the middle of France and I just say, follow these directions, it's going to be a little more complicated if things go weird. If I say, we're going to go to Paris, but we're here. So here's the first steps you got to take to get to, you know what I mean? So it's like, you have the well, roadmap well, in front of you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It, so I think versus it does. you're just wandering around kind of nowhere. Yep. And it's, uh, it's, I, it's not a coincidence, but it is interesting that uh, the, 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 the nationalities we, we see are Italian, German, and Japanese. And later they yeah, talk about yeah, I know, the, the Axis, axis scientists. <laughs> it's so um, perfect. Like, oh boy. So, you know, that kind of gets us through the whole intro here. But I just sure. want to ask you conceptually, what do you think? Please. I, and God, I know they're your people. So I know this is a personal subject for you. <laughs> but the involvement of Native Americans in this episode in general. I think it's kind of perfunctory, to be perfectly frank. Um, but I think, I think. But what do you think? It, do you think it adds to it? And if so, like, because I have a thought on it, but I want to ask what, like, how do um, you feel it adds to this episode? Because so that hasn't it, been a big part of X-Files before now. Right. Outside of the, the what? The that, skin changer? That gem shapes? <laughs> shapes. That's the one. Skin changers. <laughs> I don't fucking know the name of it anymore. <laughs> skin changers. <laughs> so, um. So uh, that's what we call them at the powwow. No, but um, so uh, what do they? What do they add? I think they add as much as any ethnicity could potentially add. Does that make sense? I don't know if they add or or don't add. I think it's just a question of where they found it. They decided it wasn't going to be a bunch of poor white people, but instead it was going to be these Navajo because this is where this thing was located. And then I think, of course, the whole wind talker coded angle is a thing. So that's the one thing I'm not sure about. I don't know if that's contrived or if he knew those people or he knew to have it in that code. I don't quite get that part of it. That seems kind of coincidental. And it made it, it may have made it may have made more sense for them to go to the reservation after the fact and just say, "Hey, we know you were a wind talker or whatever they called him. Can you can you help us with this code?" In other words, it seems kind of convenient that the things on his property and, oh, we need those guys to also break the code. It seems kind of convenient unless the hacker knew somehow. Yeah. He knew where it was found and he that's how he decided to code it. Now that is possible. And if that's the case, then that makes perfect sense to me. The hacker's like, oh, it was found here. We know it. Here's my hack. Here's what I found out. Let me code it in this crazy language. Um, and by the hacker, that, I assume you mean shitty Cobain. Shitty Cobain, for sure, with his fucking Lennon glasses or whatever Boy. he's wearing. Pretty bad, but um. Well, here's yeah, what that's, here here was my thoughts on the involvement, and it it kind of carries through. In it uh, again, X Files is a little bit inconsistent about this. It it does come up at other times in the series, but they're not necessarily very solid on it. Um, but I think the involvement of of the Navajo or any Native Americans really in in the alien element is that. If there's any, as a, as a, if you're a normal fucking, you know, modern day American watching this show in 1994 or five, wherever we are in season two, if you want to convey the past with mm. a, with a modern day connotation, I think Native Americans are one of the easiest ways to do that. I can dig us. it. So, because I think that's, that's a big tie in is, is the fact that, um, and we don't see it all in this episode. Mm, it goes into um, the next ones, right? Yeah. But the idea that this is something that has, you know, it's not, it's not just Roswell. This is something that is far more ancient than, than we imagined. And I think that's a lot of why they re- rely on, on that, that native American kind of aspect is that it's, it's a, we, we have like this cultural awareness that that is a ancient thing. Like it ties us back to, I like it to a past that we're not like you know us white folks that came over on boats pretty recently. It, like, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and I and and that's that's something that's very interesting. And like obviously nowadays with like fucking History Channel and Ancient Aliens, like okay, they've beat that drum a lot. 
But back in 94, 95, man, like that was, I don't think that was something that was really part of mythology or, or even any kind of conspiracy theory or awareness. And it's pretty cool to not be like, yeah, Roswell in 1947, be like, no, 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 no. This is like an old memory. This is like something beyond that. And I think that's, that's where you get a lot of juice out of out of this. It movie. makes sense because if you set this in Europe, you can just go back to you know, <laughs> you can go back to William the Longshanks if you want, and that's many hundreds of years, right? Yeah. That we don't like you said. I think that's a good point in the in the Americas as the America as we know as the United States. It's not very old. <laughs> you got to go back to the to the uh, American Indians, the native people, as it were, to go anything older than that. And I guess that's a good way to, I guess, uh, what am I trying to say? If that's what you're going for, if that's the theme and the mood you're trying to invoke, that's where you go. You go back. Right. And, way and back that time. doesn't seem fresh for us to talk about in 2019. Like I said, with sure. and Aliens and, and Stargate and whatever. Sure. But that is pretty fucking cool for X-Files to have delved into. Yeah, that's a great point. I never thought about it that way. Um. And but again, it's it's really we're we're just talking about Inazazi here, so it's kind of just hinted at. But it's it's definitely I think sort of a a resounding subplot that this you know the, the guy what's his name Albert Hosen the character's name um, yeah yep Hostin Hostin or something Hostin um, he's great man he's awesome that guy he's really awesome um, <clears throat> and uh, we get a little bit of him in the beginning here. Um, and then, you know, the, the focus turns back very much on our modern day sensibilities with with Mulder um, and how fucking bizarre and erratic he's being. And it's it's hard to hard to qualify Mulder as being erratic because that's not you know what is Mulder erraticness because he's a pretty erratic person yeah. in general. Right, right. So you got to kind of escalate it. You know, like you have to make him literally punch the, the assistant director in the face to. <laughs> <laughs> to make him to make him seem erratic, um, you have to kind of escalate these things, and um, that's where something interesting about this episode, like I said, is that <clears throat> I think this is you know generally regarded as a, a very strong episode of X Files, um, but it's it's one that Scully, as I said, doesn't she really only gets material to react to Mulder with. Like there is not there's not a lot of like independent Scully threads here. Um, and yet I think that, you know, she drives a lot of this episode because Mulder is really pretty unhinged through a lot of it. So even though she's being pretty reactive, she's also driving a lot of the action by, by how she has to, has to react to it. Cause Mulder through the bulk of it here, basically until he, he comes out of it with Albert, like basically in the third act is more or less, you know, not a, um, what do you call it? Uh, he's not a, um, Reliable narrator. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> More or less. Right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a good point. And, and it's nice to see Scully, we can appreciate Scully's predicament because she's put in this crazy position where Scully is, you know, she's pragmatic. She's not, she's not a crazy person. And when we see her put into this really bad situation, she's forced to make tough choices. And I like that. It's... um it's hard with a TV show with two main characters that you know probably aren't going to die or be fired from the X Files. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to evoke tension regarding those two possibilities, which is death and/or firing of the or or, the, or there there'll be no more X Files, so to speak, right? Because we know that on a meta sense, the show has to continue. But what makes the show interesting is when you force somebody to make difficult choices, and we go, man, that is a we can appreciate those choices that she has to make because a Gillian Anderson is a great actress. She's given a good opportunity here with Scully to for us to feel like, oof, when she gets put up in front of that board, Mulder's acting erratic. Would you say he trusts you? And and she's always very honest and careful with the way she answers. She never really, I mean, until later, outwardly just is deceptive. She's he does, obviously he's my partner. I mean, she's she's giving answers that are that make sense, but 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 to be to see her put in those predicaments and you can feel the tension sort of starting to envelop her a little. And then she just makes her answers her questions. The way she exits that office, the stiffness in her body language. She's just such a pro. She's so good all the time. And um, 
And I like that. I like that we can see characters being forced to have difficult choices put ahead of them. And that's just yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, I, lo- I love how obviously uncomfortable she is to to have to be deceptive in a situation that she doesn't want to be. Sure. She, she's doing it out of out of loyalty and not trusting the you know basically w- what what these people are after. You know, she for sure because it's not just Skinner, and that's the creepy part, right? Right. She's used to answering to Skinner, and and for Skinner to just say, uh, uh, does he say anything specific to her in that meeting? I don't think so, but. Just the fact that he's in the room and he he lays out the like there's a dismissal this dismissal is hanging in the balance here without the chance of reinstatement, you know stuff like that and just to see her there without just without anyone else like it's it's Skinner and these other guys and she has no support because she knows Skinner's sort of in the cage at that point. Yep, and you know she's always professional. She's not she's, she's always not professional. lying up and down left and right. She's right. more or less delivering a version of the, the truth. She's playing you know? the lawyer game. She's playing the yep. lawyer game. She, she's know, she it says it in a way that if it comes back on her, she'll be fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, she might get burned a little bit. A little bit. But she's she's trying to do what she can without getting blown out of the water and immediately get back to Mulder and be like, what the fuck? Sure. What is going on? What are you doing? Why did you attack Skinner? You know? That's an insane scene. And his, like, his answer is, I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, isn't that what he says? He does. I'm not really sure. Yeah. You're not yeah. really sure why you punched the assistant director? Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like that's your answer. And now like I, I've cast my lot in with you. Like, exactly. Boy, that's a bummer. I mean, he oh, haymakers him in the face twice. Yeah. And Skinner, obviously. Takes it like a champ. Yeah. Could have choked his ass out. With I, I like he puts him in that kind of like it's a kind of like a modified choke there under the arm. I'm like, damn. And he's the, the way he's it reminds me of <laughs> the best way I can describe it is being the older brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in situations before where my two younger brothers have gotten into brawls like right in front of me. So I wrap will, it up, dude. I'll grab one and it's just an instant game changer at that age. You know, and that's what it reminded me. Like you grab me like knock it off like that in their ear. <laughs> and they're like they freeze. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just squeeze the shit out of them. And that was watching the way Skinner put his fucking mouth right near his fucking ear. You could tell he was like, I'll kill you. You know, like you could just feel Mulder being like, Oh, okay. So I gave this guy two monster shots. One he didn't see coming. In the second one, and he still got his hands on me. I'm in big fucking trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet, he still lets him walk out of there. I know. Like, my I man. know. In front of people, too. Yeah. And in front of people. That shit that he's going to have to answer for. Right. Like both sure. of them, Mulder and Skinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> And, and Skinner answering right for now. it. He looks like a little puppy wrapped up in those arms. It's, dude, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> uh, he's like, will you just kiss my ear and tell me I'll be okay? <laughs> and he uh, just has him in the, the fucking ear. And he just shoves him away. Beat yeah. it. Man, but Mulder coming in hot. Jerk off assignment. Whoa. Yeah, boy, he is. He is way off. I mean, we've seen, we've seen Mulder say some shit like off base before. But not like yelling at Skinner in the middle of the like of a hallway. Like maybe behind closed doors, he'll he'll lip off and be insubordinate, and he'll um, harumph a lot. Like he's like a little baby who doesn't have his lollipop. Yeah, but this is he excessive. does that. Yeah, this is like I'm aggressive. And you know, I was I was being you know kind of playful and joking about it. But if you want to sh- show Mulder deranged, it's a little tricky because he's already <laughs> like a somewhat. I mean. I'm being, I'm being kind of funny about it, but he's already a little bit of a you know erratic uh, character in general, and yet you can't get so out of bounds that it's just outrageous to watch. <laughs> Mr. Bundy, here's what I need you to do. I need you to pretend that you want to cave this girl's face in with an axe, but but like really push it. He's like, oh, all right, guys. I mean, it's kind of what I do. Like, what the fuck? That's funny, man. Yeah, but well, yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they capture that that middle ground pretty well. And um, right. So before we get to um, to Mulder and uh, the scene with his father, which I want to talk about a little bit, um, 
what do you think about Oof. getting to watch Cigarette Smoking Man and William Mulder interact as as peers? It's awesome. As chums. It's really cool because uh, it's such a great moment for Cigarette Smoking Man as far as I'm concerned. And the reason I say that is because you get to see him be, you, you feel like there's a modicum of respect here and it never is the case anytime CSM is in the frame because he's either lurking in the shadows like some sort of goddamn vampire or he is directly being a son of a bitch to somebody who he knows he can crush their world. And in this particular case, we see them having a discussion and we see him offering a colleague a suggestion. And of course, it has the CSM kind of big dick energy behind it, but you never you never get the impression he is threatening him. He's just like, look, you know, we've had a great luxury of encrypted files. We tried to prevent the fact forever covering the light, but things have changed. Yeah. And, and you can say, I don't know, maybe now it's a trope, but the idea of having a character who in the audience's mind is clearly established as a bad guy mm-hmm. and a character that we view as a good guy interact as peers gives you right. that like dirty hair standing up on your neck. Like, Oh, what is going on here? <laughs> You're right. And it's creepy because he's always, he, he always has the advantage in that you never quite feel like you're on solid ground, right? You you always feel like offbeat, like, ah, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Yep. And, I mean, and the hand kind of, on the shoulder kind of shit, just that, that stuff. There's the, he kind of oozes power, but at the same time, you never feel like he's being overly gross to him. It's just grossed by association, right? Right. But it, it's a balancing act, and I think they pulled off really well because because William Mulder is disturbed by the interaction, um, not not by interacting with Cigarette Smoking Man. That's something the that I mean, he seems jarred by. He's obviously hasn't had a lot of recent interactions with them, but there's clearly a deep history there. Um, but like as an audience, we're kind of let off the hook of like not hating Bill Mulder because right. he's he's taken aback by these revelations. Like it's a good little, it's a good little tap dance that they do in writing where it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You have like, you have Mulder's dad interacting with cigarette smoking man and they're boys and they know each other. And yet William Mulder is like kind of un, you know, he's very bothered by these revelations and whatever. So, so we're left okay being uncomfortable about the engagement. And then you have to like, think about it more after the fact that they were, they were just interacting normally together. And they were up to no good. They, they have a sorted past. That's probably not good, especially considering how fucking uh, our guy feels about, our guy Mulder feels about it, CSM, right? Yeah. And, the, and just the, you look well, you, you, you'll be your own man. You always have been. You, there's this level of respect there. Yeah. Right? He's like, you, you do what you got to do. I'm just letting you know that, you know, the fucking bird's out of the goddamn cage here. So. Yeah, there's some ambiguity and we haven't seen a lot of William Mulder. Um, in the series up till now. So we're getting this and it's like, holy shit. And then we're, we're getting erratic Mulder. And then that's the, the meetup that we see is, yep. is William calling, um, you know, Colin Fox to come see him. And we're already kind of conflicted because we're like, man, Mulder's being crazy. <clears throat> and you yeah, know, he's yelling at Scully. He's acting on hinged. He's fucking scrambling for his pistol when she's in the door after he tried to wake her up. Yeah. You know, and or he, she tried to wake him up. Sorry, I said that backwards. Yep. And he, you know, he puts up the axe. He's going for, you know, his normal, like reaching out for his contacts, whatever. He's, he's asking the DM for a fucking clue. <laughs> I have this power. It says once per session, I can, <laughs> I can ask. You son for a of contact. a bitch. Sons of bitches. <laughs> fucking worst. <laughs> uh, but, dude, man, that's the moment you kind of. You've been there. You go into your friend's place. You're like, hey, buddy, everything all right? Because <laughs> this looks like a fucking flop house. <laughs> this looks like the headquarters of a serial killer. Straighten out, man. It looks like you use this as a launching pad to head to the nearest university to abduct women. This place is terrible. <laughs> what are you doing here? Is there any adult art on the walls? Is there a bed in this apartment or is it just <laughs> the couch and the floor? It's a mattress on the floor, dude. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Anyway, Scully's trying to figure out this code. And I love 
that we learn that even your regular run-of-the-mill Navajo won't know what's up with this language. Yeah, that they might get words right? here and there. That's fucking cool. Now, Josh, I understand that you are a fan of history. Can you tell me anything about wind talkers or code breakers or whatever they call them? Uh, not a ton. Only, and again, I didn't research it for this episode, but it is true that it wasn't literally just Navajo. Like it wasn't right. It wasn't like just translated to a different language, and like anyone that spoke Navajo could translate it. It was a code. Yeah, but it was it was not like a mathematical code. It, it wasn't like a like an right. algorithm that a lot of codes are based on. It was a linguistic code. So they join so, your boys. I'm reading. What's that? They joined the Marine Corps. These guys. These Navajo. Yeah, they were embedded with the Marine Corps. It was predominantly a Pacific. Um, I think it was only used in the Pacific theater. Which oh, was hence, hence the Japanese couldn't break it. I was wondering why they chose to say Japanese. That makes sense. Yeah, they they say um, that in this episode. So the Japanese couldn't break it. I'm like, well, then it clearly wasn't the European theater. So they basically like it was the the code was you know you had to be a, a native Navajo code talker or, or na- uh, native Navajo speaker, but beyond that it was also encoded in a sense. Sure. So so it wasn't like they were broadcasting. There was a Navajo cipher on top clear. of a language. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's uh, why by the way, Scully meets up with that lady. It's like you need a real code talker to to cool. break this. I can recognize a word here or there. Um, the uh, the man in question who we were discussing, um, uh, Albert Hostein, excuse me, is played by Floyd Red Crow Westerman. He was the he was uh, in Dancing with the Wolves actually, which is pretty cool. Um, and he was in the Marine Corps for two years, so kind of interesting. I wonder if oh no shit yeah he was born in the thirties, so unlikely he was in, uh, he had anything to do with code talkers. A little young for that, but a little young for that, but yeah, pretty interesting. Cool. Pretty cool, man. So, uh, yeah, Mulder, man, he's not going to get his his. He's not going to get love from the X. But things start to heat up, and this is this is where I get excited. This next stuff gets me excited, Josh. I love a shot in the dark. You know what I mean? I just like a gun rip through the window at night when you're on the on the heels of big time conspiratorial information. You're getting close, man. Uh oh, sending a message, dude. Sending a goddamn message. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Scully, Scully essentially takes a bullet from Mulder here. Yeah. She's lucky she isn't, you know, looking like the back of Kennedy's car there. She's fucking. <laughs> Sorry. Is that too soon? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it was, I mean, that one just missed her. Yep. Um, <laughs> Christ. I'm a little too real by that. Did I, did I fuck you up? <laughs> <laughs> fucking intense. Sorry. Um, yeah. But it is. Uh, it's pretty hardcore. And the fact that she can still get on the phone with Mulder and try to have a normal conversation. It's awesome. And I, and I think the next conversation she had with him is my dad is dead. Someone killed him. Right. He Mulder calls his dad and his dad's like, Oh, you know, right. That, that whole thing. He goes to see his dad. We get this moment and it's really weird. His dad's super, by the way, I love his dad's apartment. His dad's living room with all those windows. Very cool. Yeah. But he's like, very, oh, very, very New England, very Martha's Vineyard. I think that's where sure. he's supposed to live. Yep. And he's like, you know, things, things are going to make sense to you eventually. And there's some words and he's, he's like, you feel like he's preparing his son to be ultimately disappointed in him. And you can see it on his face. He's a, he does a good job here, this guy. Yeah. And, um, and, and Mo's like, dad, tell me. And, um, and he's like, well, I got to take a, I got to pee first. In my age, I go every 20 <laughs> minutes. So I'll be. I'm going to scoop back there. I'm getting some chest pains. I'm going to go for the bear because my headache's this big, but it's about to be this big when I get shot in the face. So, yep. bummer. Cry check. What are you doing, buddy? Classic cry shower, check. A little shower move? Yeah. Hey there. <laughs> Just waiting hey. for you to take a piss. Hey, I like what you're working with there. I see you got a fire helmet. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking smokes him right there. Shit. Yeah, and like and the pills like, next to him, you're like, wait, was he trying to make it look like a suicide? <laughs> no, no, there's a gunshot in his head. <laughs> that's, that's not a suicide. Those pills will kill you. Yeah. So will a bullet in the head. By the way, can, guy can take a punch. Crutch? Right? No, no. The William Mulder can take a punch. I mean, this guy got a bullet through the brain, and he's like, forgive me. Oh, yeah, still talking. He's still, he's still there. He's st- Was that 22? St- I can't just rattle around in there. <laughs> Save on the dry cleaning. 
Oh, and then Mulder drags his dad's body out to the couch. It's kind of that's. I kind of wanted to see that scene. It's, I mean, if if you wanted to just make it a comedic moment, I'm like, oh boy, dude, you're dumping. He's dumping all sorts of blood, and ugh. it's a goddamn mess. It's. Not, I just want him to be on his comfy couch. You know for a fact one of the shoes came off, and you know he went back to get it and put it on. It's not good. he's dragging him across the tile. A shoe comes off. Oh, it's not a good. Yeah. I mean, I guess it looks better at the end. That's true. But boy. Nine millimeter, BP says. They actually say it in the... Oh, yeah, because they're doing the ballistics tests. They do, yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, like, Mulder's already so unhinged here that Dude, when... Dude, hey, fuck. <laughs> when he, fucking bobby bloody hands everywhere. Yeah. Fuck, so man. like, um, why don't... No, don't. Just just come over. Just <laughs> come over. Don't do anything. <laughs> don't talk to anybody. This is this is a good friend. When you may or may not have killed one of your parents, dude. You know what it reminds me of so bad. It reminds me of Clue when uh, fucking Michael McKean. I love that guy. When the lights go out and then the maid's like dead in his arms. She's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of so much. He's just like, it wasn't. I swear to God, it wasn't me. It was not me. <laughs> Mister Green did not kill this woman. Fuck man. Oh yeah. But everyone looks that's how I felt in this moment. I instantly thought of that. And she's like, um, okay, so mm. <laughs> so am I an accomplice? Yeah, what at this at this point is happening here. Let me call my lawyer just to find out what kind of hot water I'm in here. Yeah, it's uh it's bad news. And Mulder is just so whacked out here. And this is where you know, I, I think they, they do a good job of um of, of balancing like Mulder mentally erratic with showing him physically affected for sure. You know, cause like that, that helps when we, when we find out what actually happens, it helps that we're like, okay, he was all kinds of fucked up. It wasn't just, it wasn't just crazy erratic behavior and nothing else beyond that. It was like, no, he's clearly like, he's acting like a sick man. A hundred percent. Like that, his mind. Yes. And that helps us swallow later. Like if he just did a few things erratically and then they try to explain it with that, It'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's just writing. But it it's cool that they show him like like he's a fucking sick person, and it's it, that set up the whole time very well. Uh, and we mm-hmm. didn't even mention the the lone gunman showing up at his apartment, uh-huh, which of course it's not critical for the end result. That's kind of just part no. of like leading into that hacker. But but it is like some good moments of Mulder and like he, but he's fucked up. He's talking about how he can't sleep and he's you know he had to take a pill and whatever. So right. that's done consistently throughout, and it makes it um, it makes it consistent. Yes, yes, it, it it is, and he plays it well here. Um, I I know I know we spend a lot of time filleting Gillian Anderson, and and probably less so Duchovny because this character is a little bit different. Um, but he's good, man. He does a good job here being ill. It 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 helps. I think it helps, like you said, not just the believability, but I think. It's almost like it's like what came first, chicken or the egg? Because I think the believability is impacted by his ability to perf- pull off that acting because he does get the physical thing as well. If they were like, just be mentally unhinged, that's a harder harder for you to do as an actor, right? If you're like, oh, we're going to really fuck you up physically too, it makes it a little yeah. easy for him to sell it to us. And, and, but I really like the um, how that leads right into the, I mean, it's almost like a, a betrayal. It feels like a betrayal. It feels and, like and it to him. Right? Yeah. To, I mean, to, to his perspective, sure. But we're still kind of like, we're not totally throwing Mulder off a cliff yet. We're like, I mean, something's fucking weird going on. And we're trusting Scully more than Mulder. Um, but he's still, you know, it's still Mulder. And when when he's, he's like, you took my gun, you took off. You're like, where are mm-hmm. you? What's going on? Um, I like that. I like that that conflict between them. Yeah. Even Reagan reports on me since speaking, taking your little notes. And she yeah, just goes, Mulder, you're sick. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking sick. Not even yep. you're a little unhinged, you're a little stressed. You're a sick person. You're you're Ill. You're, <laughs> you're an ill. Yeah, tuck you, yourself back into bed. You need to be admitted into a hospital. You're a sick person. You need assistance. You need medication and treatment. <laughs> you know, it's 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 pretty wild. And uh it is, you know, you because what in 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 it almost gives us sensitivity to Mulder's plight there 
Because we don't see the discussion that takes place with her and those people or what she even says to them. We just see the testing happening. It's kind of cool. Yeah, right. And then we we see her kind of getting Make- um, the next lead here, which is the that like weird bottle tank being yeah. removed from yeah. the apartment and then investigating downstairs and seeing like brand new fittings and digging into that a little bit, which we'll find out about shortly. I, you know what I like about this whole piece of this? Uh, it's funny because I, um, I have so much more appreciation for that aspect of this episode now that I've done all of these episodes in a row than when I watched Anazazi more in a vacuum without really thinking critically a lot about the episodes is because we now have a precedent for experimentation through drugs and LSD. We've seen it multiple times. Yeah. And, and, and now it's in my head. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. You know, especially if you're going to tie it back to mythology and conspiratorial behavior, because we have seen this, we have, it's, it's how can we, how can we affect this person that we think might have sensitive information? Well, we have to try to discredit him in a, in a, in a kind of crazy X-Files way. You wouldn't call it super realistic, but it's super X-Files. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we got to kind of rely on all of those, those aspects leading up to the next scene, which is, <laughs> this is, I mean, just imagine the, the burden of writing this Mulder shoots, uh, I'm sorry, Scully shoots Mulder, Dude. you know, like what the fuck? How do you make that work? How do you make it work? <clears throat> Easy. You have a crazy unhinged Mulder get into a brawl with Crycheck. Mulder's like, dude, I just fought Skinner, dude. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, P.S., either of those guys would whoop Mulder's ass. <laughs> yeah, Mulder maybe got the not, drop on maybe him. Maybe not LSD Mulder, but normal <laughs> Mulder. Surprise attack LSD Mulder is pretty significant because he does throw multiple strikes at once, which I appreciate. It's punch, punch, punch. You know, he keeps going. And, and Krychek is like, whoa, wait, what? He's got that LSD strength. Damn. <laughs> yeah it's a whole different thing um and we don't get a lot of uh cry tech in this episode except for just his actions you know we don't get a lot of interaction with him but obviously you and i are both big uh big cry yeah, check fans he's a cool cat but did um, you kill my father did you <laughs> yeah bam when scully puts the shot on him and then that's bananas by the way yeah especially look how we st- oh no oh she yeah she, he breaks the hold but man Yep. She sees this uh, also uh, one-handed. What is she, Annie Oakley? <laughs> yeah, boy. Fuck, man. Better Come be on. awful. It, it's <laughs> a through and through. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it, thank God no, nothing splintered it, off and it, shot through the aorta. Boy, it looks about four <laughs> inches above his heart. He'll <laughs> 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 oh, um, be fine. Yeah. Fucking limb shots are so ridiculous <laughs> in television and shit, man. It's so goofy. Well, dude, it, when they show the shot, it's not a limb shot. It's, no, no, it's it's a lung shot almost. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like under his clavicle. It's pretty, uh, pretty up there. The fucking episode just takes a turn as he's bubbling blood out of his nose and mouth. Oh no, <laughs> shit! I need a rescue. Yeah, we didn't mention the Carmelina mentioned in uh, in the chat the shot of Mulder's profile oh, when he's so pressed up against the building and Crychek's coming against the other side. That's a it's a nice shot. It's a great shot. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Classic we, spy and, shot. And we didn't mention um, someone in the chat did before, and I'm sorry to not shut them out when they did it, but we were deep in, in conversation. But this episode was directed by R.W. Goodwin, and he is yes. that secretive motherfucker that does all mm. the goddamn finales and premieres. Isn't that wild? It is so wild. Yeah. Like almost every he does- episode he directs is a season finale or premiere. God, that's wild. He produces a lot of episodes. Yeah, that's his thing. But he's only directed the heavy hitters. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, because he does um he does the next one, the blessing way. Yep. Huh. And uh I think he does paper clip two, does he? No, he does I not. I don't see it. No, I don't see it. No. But still Erlen Meyer, like you said, uh I mean a bunch of shit at the end, redo. Yeah. Um, but he'll um, he'll do the fucking finale of season three. Yep. Um so, uh, yeah. But so if there's if there's one scene in the episode that is kind of a um, indicative of like we crammed a lot of shit in here, it's kind of the next one where we have to we have to sort of download a lot of information to the audience. Oh, right. When he's convalescing, you mean? Yeah. All right. We, we're and again, it, you kind of appreciate it from a pacing point of view, right? Like 
Right. <laughs> we got to make some headway. But it's just like, boom, we're in New Mexico. <laughs> Scully's got Mulder there. She's got the info. She's telling him he was drugged. Albert Holstein is there. He knows what's up. She's already made the links with the Navajo stuff. Right. One of the next thing. So it's not, I mean, we got the groundwork that was shown. So it's not, I don't, I'm not saying it's bad writing, but it's just kind of like, we got to have a little catch up scene really quick. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a coming up for air kind of moment yeah. in a pretty quickly paced episode. Yeah. You're lucky. She's a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, Fucking for awesome. sure, brother. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's like, uh, most of these files are written in jargon, but apparently there is an international conspiracy of sound dating back to the 40s. Albert says that the evidence of these secrets are buried on a Navajo reservation not far from here. He says that he'll take you to it as soon as you're able. So the information is now decoded. They have a location. They know a conspiracy is afoot. So this is pretty wild because Scully's delivering the information to Mulder, which is awesome. And and I like that it's not just it's not just the capital T truth. Right. Scully also mentions my name is in there. Mm. Talks about Tess. That's a up, seed for a future thing, yeah? Future and past. The, you know, she right, mentions the right. Dwayne Barry stuff. Um, but it, it just it makes Dwayne it more personal. Barry. Sorry. <laughs> Dwayne Barry. You know, it's more personal for her, it's more personal for the audience. It's not just random like yes, information about aliens. It's no, it's a testing that we've already seen in the mythology and that we think that Scully was involved in. Right. Right. Groovy. 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 So, so you, off we go. Yeah. But you, you know, we, we, now it's, it's basically Mulder and Albert's show. And then, and then, yeah. the, and then the, um, the prepubescent Navajo little boy there. Um, and that's pretty much going to take us to the end of the episode, but that's right. One of the last discussions with meat in it is this one with Mulder and Albert in the car about ah, about yes. the Anazazi. And since since it's your people, I was oh, wondering, Dean, if you if you could lead us <laughs> in talking about <laughs> the, the significance of 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 this discussion because Mulder's like, why me? Like, you know, you know, why 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 am why, I the so one? why so what me? To quote Sarah Connor, <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where he's talking about the Anasazi um, and he's getting into the ancient alien stuff. But I like the poignant moment where he says, you're ready to accept the truth, aren't you? Because I think it's a watershed moment for Mulder, right? And that's one of my favorite aspects of this conversation is thinking about the way that dialogue means a ton. Because Mulder is, well, what, why? And he's like, well, you are prepared to, to accept to sacrifice. And dude, when an ancient Navajo is talking to you about, are you prepared for truth and are you ready for sacrifice? You better be fucking damn sure you're ready for both because he's not just whistling Dixie to you. He's not, you know, this isn't some uh, jerk off selling you fucking Enya CDs at a goddamn nature store in the mall. Like this guy's asking you some (laughs) real shit. He's going to get deep. He's going to get existential with you. And uh, I like it. But he talks about the, was it 600 years, Anazazi meaning ancient aliens or something like that. Yep. Um, and then there was no no real evidence of their fate. And, uh, you know, history likes to tell us that they disappear without a trace, but uh, but nothing ever does. That's a great line, by the way. Yeah. There's some nothing good lines ever here. ever disappears without a trace. <laughs> I Which, like- By the way, CSM repeats later. Yes. Yep. That's a good callback. Um, there's a good one earlier in the conversation as they're driving- when Albert says in the desert, things find a way to survive. Mm. Secrets are like this too. I just like that. Like that's, that's great, dude. Fucking that's, that's some fucking Native American wisdom. <laughs> shit. So dope. <laughs> they push their way up through the sense of deception. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. So men can know them. Yeah. I love that. I, lo- I like that. He's just saying it so matter of factly, just, just because it is, it is just the way of things. Yeah. But, but the real trick it's not just that they're pushing their way up through the sand so men may find them. It's are are you can you be prepared for such a thing? It's it's and, and that's the cool thing about it. It's it's about you, but you must be prepared to see it. Right? Yep. It's within your field of vision, but do you see it type of kind of wordplay there? And I love that shit. Badass. It's cool. Fucking guy rules. And then we get it back out to um to where the episode opened in, right? This quarry, which um <laughs> no from BP. Um, again, filmed in Vancouver. So this is a quarry, and uh, 
I forgot how much. I think he told me. Let me see if I can see it real quick. You can see when they're riding along that edge six, that it's fake. 1,600 gallons of red paint. <laughs> wow. They, they just painted the quarry red because <laughs> it's it's a fucking granite-like granite right, right. quarry in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> and they painted it red. 1,600 gallons of paint. <laughs> Jesus. And there's some shots where you can kind of see like the lines where it right, you know, right. doesn't uh, – kind of shows especially when they reformatted it i guess um but how cool is this idea of like a box car buried in a fucking it's wild ah, it's dope and i love i love shit that don't that doesn't make sense because it just starts firing off the tension bug in your head right yeah you start looking around like where the what the fuck man what's in here who's around who's watching me yep and then uh, the phone call call. (laughs) that's so good dude you're a hard man to reach. <laughs> Back to his big dick energy. Man, not much more big dick than showing up in a blacked out Blackhawk helicopter. That's so rad. <laughs> with a fucking Call of Duty boys with him. Yeah. You know why they're the Call of Duty boys? Because they all have a different gun. <laughs> Dude, I'm going SMG. Are you going sniper rifle? <laughs> That's what it is. Pick out their favorite. They have the... The coolest camo in 1994. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got the visors on for, you know. Whatever. The, the wind, <laughs> the surface of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, Too like, funny. and there's something without even understanding what's happening. Like a boxcar buried in the desert and bodies stacked up up in it. <sighs> I mean, there's, yes, it's, it's, it's aliens, but they're playing Hy- on some pretty some dark sort. fucking themes here. Right. They're playing right. on government testing and body stacked up in boxcars. Like those are not those right. are not things out of nowhere. That's some real shit. Like right. that's some pretty gnarly shit for X Files to even like dip their toes into. Right. But and, and you know what I like about the decision to do it is it adds a level of menace to the conspiracy to really slam home the seriousness of it. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a visceral visual tool to make you go. This is like. Not just we we know it's deep. We know a guy's showing up in a fucking helicopter with the Call of Duty crew. It's also it's there's a bunch of bodies and they got smallpox vaccination marks on them. And I mean, this is getting weird, man. And not just weird, but there's a level of menace to it, of yeah. danger. <clears throat> yeah, like this is this is beyond conspiracy. This is like this isn't like we're hiding aliens. This is like we're hiding some dark fucking crimes for sure and this kid eric kicks ass he's fucking stonewall csm i <laughs> think that's the first fucking white cop he's had to deal with <laughs> <laughs> the kid's name is dakota house by the way that's kind of awesome <laughs> that's the actor's name yeah yeah he's yep. like yeah fuck you smoking man yeah you're doing it wrong you're getting cancer I, um, I like Mulder and scullygan to talk here yeah man and then, of course, we we need an abrupt conversation cut short. Right, of course. And I, I don't quite understand. That's not the kid doing that, obviously. That's just kind of a, a trick of editing. What's that? The door Who getting- shuts? Yeah, how does it get shut? Uh, I think it's the kid doing it, but he's trying to, hide, to like, Mulder? hide it. Yeah, okay. All right, that makes sense. But then it's the fucking the Call of Duty boys tossing in the fucking- The satchel charge? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Boy. You- Pull that out of your fucking James Bond briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that was he had like a, a a spot open in his inventory. Oh, dude, yeah, he was trying to take he was trying to take fucking uh, B in Dominion yep, mode. Yep, yep, yep. Fucking yeah. location B. Exactly. I'm on B. I need help. <laughs> I'm placing this hatchel. <laughs> I'm respawning. Uh, yeah, that's cool, man. And boom, awesome. we got it to to be continued. Good one. Good one to be continued on. It's excitement. It gets you ready for it. what's going to happen in season three, dude. Fuck. Awesome. awesome. Well, you want to do a couple of listener comments? A couple of listener comments? I do. I do. Besides, yeah. <laughs> besides your uh, crying Indian. <laughs> that guy's the best, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's my contribution this week. I'm gonna you can look at it more. over and over and over again, too. It's just it's so hard to stop looking at it. I'd, but, you know, I'm kind of bummed. I kind of wanted like a West Duty. Like I wanted West Duty to show up like Magua from Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> when the gray hair is dead, a Magua will eat his heart. <laughs> right? Before he dies, Magua will put his children under the knife so the gray hair will know his seat is wiped out forever. <laughs> this fucking guy's not playing. That guy's not. 
Uh, Hosteen is a much kinder man than <laughs> yeah, Mog was. This is, a, this is a much more Mog, friendly than the white man. Mog was, Mog, Mog was not playing around. Fucking forget what he was, Apache or Blackfoot or something. But um, anyway. I got one from Eleanor Butler. Hit me. I think this is one of the best episodes for Scully. Look at Ooh. everything she does. Lies for Mulder, cares for him, almost takes a bolt for him, cracks codes for him, solves the water mystery, saves him from implicating himself in his father's murder, puts up with all his moods. She's advancing plot lines all over the place, and she and he still manages to wind up locked in a burning boxcar buried in the desert. Hashtag, we do not deserve her. Um, <laughs> I like that comment because uh, because I mentioned earlier on that there's really there's nothing written for Scully except reacting to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we have by this point, we're almost 50 episodes in. We have a very developed Dana Scully. For sure, for sure. Who doesn't always rely on like you know a plot line that's written for her? You know she's so deep now. Um, we've got enough rich- richness to her and Jillian, obviously crushing it all the time. <clears throat> that sure. she can be a reactive, um, you know, reactive in a certain episode like this. It's one. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Like you said, with fifty apps, dude. Right. Of course. And you know this is mythology heavy, and it's based on Mulder, and you know especially earlier on. And, and there's a couple. You know, there's the mention of the the you know the Dwayne Barry thing and uh, all that but you're going to have episodes that are going to be based off more one or the other um or based in, in general in this one a lot of it is just based on a, a third party and based on this whole mythology arc um but there's enough depth of the characters where they can really fucking excel with material that they're given um so i like that comment for that reason nice nice um let's see <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, Neil James. My thoughts on Anazazi. We got a dead alien in the teaser. This is going to be good. Oh, new tagline. What the fuck does that say? This episode quickly shows us that it's cinematic. Love all of the shadowy guys phoning each other. The direction and pace are epic. We've got Smoking Man, the Lone Gunman, Skinner, William Mulder, and Crycheck. Almost the whole gang. But where's X? So shocks me when Mulder punches Skinner. So much happens in 45 minutes. There's no filler. That's a good point. There is no filler. William Mulder's murder is surprising and sad. Great reveal of creepy cry check in the mirror. The app raises so many more questions and ends with a hell of a cliffhanger. That part is important. The app raises more questions while also answering some others too, which I thought was kind of neat. Like it doesn't, you don't feel like, oh God, right at the end of it. You feel like, cool, I'm following this. And now there's cool new mysteries ahead. Scully is a fucking superhero from start to finish, terrific finale, and I'd say I probably love it, but not as much as the previous seasons. For me, the Elmire Flask is perfection, but this is still fucking awesome. Good stuff out of uh, Neil James there, Josh. Yeah, uh, quick one from Daniel Falch. What is it? I think it's called Doritos Locos Taco. It's an <laughs> abomination. Burn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. He's referring to your fucking picture of Scully Scull- and uh, yeah. Osteen looking down at dying Mulder. <laughs> Uh, Carmelita, every time I watch Anazazi, it blows my mind. How much cool shit they packed in one episode? Clandestine meetings, check. Successful and botched assassinations, check. Mind-altering drugs, check. A Mulder and Skinner, scuffle, check. Cry check being cry check, check. Classic CSM, check. Scully putting it all online and doing whatever it takes, check. The wisdom of Albert Hosting, check. Good stuff. I'm liking cool. these comments as we talk. Awesome. Well, um, that was awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that we've uh, wrapped up on this. So this has been a lot of fun. And um, what do you want to tell people for next week? Next time we meet is going to be when, Josh? Um, well, we'll be dropping it uh, normal, normal feed time, but it's going to be a little different episode. We're gonna, we're gonna take a little, not a break. We're still going to give you some, uh, give you some turkey meat to, to munch on. Um, we're going to give you a little quiz to devour. Um, if you have been sticking around with us in season one, you know that we did a season wrap up quiz and, uh, we handed out some lovely prizes to a few people and, uh, we're going to have another one of those coming up from season two with some really cool shit. Some of it contributed by BP 9,000, um, some of it from us directly. And, uh, that, that's going to be dropping in, into um, into the feed with an announcement with the next episode, which is going to kind of be just a conversation about um, season three and a little bit two, just kind of talking three, about kind of. season two into season three, right? Yeah. Yep. A little, a little, a little quick hitter. Yeah. A little just quick something hitter. to hold you over in the meantime. 
And uh, I would say just to wrap this one up, man, this is uh, Anasazi is a love for me. Me too. And um, and it's kind of a forgotten love. I don't give this one as much credit as um, who is that you just read? Is it was that uh, Wesley the or last? Uh, yeah. No, Neil James. Yeah, that I don't. I, I think of Erlenmeyer Flask more as a as a cliffhanger season yep. finale than I do as Anasazi. Um, I don't know why, but it, it just usually comes to my mind more. But boy, this one and and as the first part of a three parter, um, which when we were talking about, I was like, I was like, oh, this is two part or three parter. And then I started like thinking more about the arc, and I'm like, fuck, man, how did I forget <laughs> that? This is really, really good. Right. Um, very strong. And boy, did they cram a ton into this and make it work. Mm, for sure, man. No question. Awesome, dude. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, I'll just say, if you're listening in the chat, we're, uh, we're going to take a, a, a one or two minute pause, but uh, stick around because uh, we might have a little bit more for you. We might have a little bit more for you. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Um, well, we will see you guys soon. Enjoy your turkey. And um, Josh, until next time, tell these good people goodbye. Oh, I've been...